Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. You guys, <laughs> what lies beneath me right now is a lot of excitement in the depths of my Catwoman soul because one fine day has come. Today is the day where we will be interviewing a literally Michelle Pfeiffer where I ask her, what's the secret to transparent fragrance? <laughs> okay, got to pull together like we're literally about to interview her. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Getting Curious. If you're driving right now, maybe consider pulling over. I have chills on my triceps. Uh, I... I'm still not feeling back down to earth from the Instagram live that we just did in real life. We have like someone from our dream list of guests. Like we've been dreaming of this like for a long time. We wanted to talk to you for a long time. We love you so much. Welcome none other than literally Michelle Pfeiffer, who is the founder of the 100% Transparent Fragrance Company, Henry Rose. You also will obviously know Michelle from iconic TV and film projects, Batman Returns, Married to the Mob, The Wizard of Lies, The First Lady to name a few. But today we're talking as two beauty brand founders, one of which will be asking an acting related rapid fire later. So don't worry about it, listeners. Like, obviously we're going to ask like a few gorgeous acting questions because like, it's not like we're not going to do that, but we're mostly talking about beauty and fragrance with icon Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. And just thank you so much for like sharing your morning with us and your time. We're just can't even stand it. So this fall, we're tapping into the senses on getting curious. And this episode is all about scent. And there's no one better to talk to about scent than you, the founder of Henry Rose. Scent and fragrance is something that is very important to you. It's something that is like a part of your daily life. You're also an innovator when it comes to fragrance. You're an industry change maker, which I love. When you just close your eyes and you think about joy, what's the scent that comes to mind? The ingredient that brings me the most joy would be vanilla. Vanilla. Anything with vanilla in it. I think it reminds us all of Toll House cookies, so it's very comforting. And come to find out the note of vanilla is actually known to be very comforting and also makes people feel younger. So ah. I've just always loved, loved, loved vanilla and torn from Henry Rose after it's dried down. It has this very rich woody vanilla scent, which I love. But, but recently, you know, I've never been a floral girl, but I am obsessed with our flora carnivora. And I don't know if you've tried it. No, what's the notes? It's jasmine and uh, Turkish rose. (sighs) And I smell gardenia in it, although they tell me it doesn't have that in it. But it is I have to say, probably my favorite floral scent. Sidebar, I never liked gardening. Like, I always hated it, but my husband's obsessed with it. So, like, I kind of got really into gardening Uh in the last, like, year. And we grew sweet peas. I would have been into gardening way sooner if I would have realized that, like, fruits and vegetables, like, have a flower. Like, I'm obsessed with flowers. I just didn't know that, like, that was a part of the equation. And now that I do, I'm, like, obsessed. But sweet peas are a floral (laughs) smell that, like, have you ever smelled a sweet pea? No, I tried to put it in like in a hair fragrance, um, but it didn't, it didn't really work, but it's so beautiful and like really light and like flirty and really floral, but I just like love the smell. So just take that with what you will. And if you guys need to like work that into a Henry Rose fragrance, I will not be mad at you. And I think you'll like it. 
I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh, actually, I had another sidebar question. Dried down. Is that like a fierce, like, fragrance founder word for, like, when we're talking about fragrances? Because sometimes when they're wet, they smell different. And then when they're, like, dry. Yes. <sighs> yes. In fact, one of the most frustrating things for me was always I'd go into a department store and I would smell this smell and I would follow my nose and I would discover a fragrance, put it on my body and be so excited. I would fall in love with it immediately. Oh my God, I found my scent. I buy the biggest, most expensive bottle, maybe two. An hour later, I'm walking around and it has turned on me. And it's nasty. In the meantime, I've just bought this brand new bottle of fragrance. And that's because, you know, you have your top, your middle and your bottom notes and all fragrances, including ours, it's very important to wait and, and not decide anything about it until you've had it on for, you know, 45 minutes. Because they say that people purchase the top note, but they keep coming back for the bottom note. And, <sighs> and Torn is actually a really good example of the top note. I was very nervous actually about releasing it because the top note is, is a little sharp and a little woody, a little green. But when it dries down, that vanilla starts to come out. And the combination of that top note and that vanilla is what makes it so special. But you have to be willing to wait for the dry down for it. Take time with it. It just takes on different characteristics the longer that you wear it. It also takes on different characteristics with your own body chemistry. There are some fragrances on certain people, our fragrances that I'm so familiar with, that I smell on other people, I do not recognize it. And I'll say, oh my God, what are you wearing? And they'll say, dark as night. And it happens a lot. It becomes your own signature scent depending on your body chemistry. I've definitely seen that like since being married, like if my husband and I share things, it ends up like we both smell a little different mm. with the same fragrance. That's really a very real thing. Yeah. So then... You mentioned to me when we got to do our Instagram live that like, I think I like just like my heart was like palpitating and like in a way that it never has, like it was so much. But you're saying that like a lot of the scents that we go for are like things that remind us of people or like places in our lives. What were some of those ones in Henry Rose that like were evoking, like evoking mm. things for you? When I started doing this, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know about fragrance formulation. I didn't know about ingredients. I didn't know anything about starting a business. I didn't know the difference between marketing and branding. I, there was just so much to learn. I had to learn how to speak to the perfumers in their language so that I didn't confuse them. And they would say to me, don't tell me, but in their French accent, don't tell me what, that, how you think it smells. They would say, share with me, where does it take you? What does it make you think of? And so I realized that Torn made me think of my father's cologne. I had no idea that's what I was formulating. And Jake's house was really um, inspired by my grandparents' house in North Dakota. And they had fields, acres of fields of wild grass. And, and fog reminded me of summers in San Francisco, that sort of wet, woody slightly peppery scent. And it's true because the, the olfactive bulb in your brain is right next to the memory part of your brain. Oh. 
and they are intertwined. In fact, some say that you can't really remember properly without smell and people who have lost their sense of smell through some sort of accident or something like that have real problems. They can suffer from depression and it can really set people off balance. I lost my smell for two days with COVID and like have never been more pissed. Like I couldn't taste cream (laughs) puffs. I couldn't taste cream puffs. I couldn't taste cheesecake. Wasabi (laughs) nuts tasted like fucking like wood chips or something. I I was so confused. And it was like the worst two days. Cause like a life without scent is just not a life for me, honey. I need to taste and smell and do all the things. Also, I am just dying to know from your earlier story, like sometimes people freak out when they meet me and then I always, I'm just like, girl, I'm a mess. Like, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, let's just take a selfie and like, let's go get lunch together. What do you mean? Um, but then, but you're like, you're literally Michelle Pfeiffer. You're not, not me. Like I like still feel my heart beating. I want to be the person that Michelle Pfeiffer buys fragrance from. So fun that they're like, I was at a department store and Michelle Pfeiffer came to me to buy fragrance. I would, they're probably still telling the story. But anyway, that's not the question. Picture it. <laughs> You're back in the department store. Someone hands you a fragrance uh-huh. sample. How many ingredients could be in that sample? It's not a Henry Rose sample. It's like some other sample. I mean, look, the fragrance industry is notoriously shrouded in mystery. And, you know, a lot of that comes from something called trade secrets. And it's when they don't want to divulge their formulations. Understandably, they didn't want to be copied. There wasn't really anything duplicitous going on. But because of that, there's just been a complete lack of ingredient transparency. And there's also a history in the food industry, in the beauty industry of some sketchy ingredients. Basically, if you don't know what's in something, you just can't really be assured of its safety. Now, In those samples, fragrance on a label as an ingredient in personal care, let's just say, can basically be comprised of any one of over 3,000 ingredients and and some of them harmful, hormone disruptors, um, carcinogens, allergens that really, you know, affect people sometimes as as extreme as sending them to the hospital with anaphylaxis or just ruining their day, you know, maybe giving them a migraine. And there's 30% of the population have pretty extreme allergy sensitivities. In fact, there are some workplaces that are now no fragrance zones because of that. Literally, the word fragrance, when we see it on perfume, Mm -hmm. when we see it on shampoo, when we see it anywhere... Fragrance can have up to 3,000 ingredients in just the word fragrance. Because a lot of fragrances like need to be stabilized to stay like smelling like that. So sometimes it's like stabilizers. Sometimes it's like parabens. Sometimes it's phthalates. And mm-hmm. parabens and phthalates specifically are hormone disruptors. They're endocrine mm-hmm. disruptors. They're linked to like, especially parabens. But it's like, there's just so many things that you can put in fragrance that we just right. do yeah. not think about. If it has a smell... It can be put in a fragrance and there are hundreds and most likely thousands of ingredients that that we don't know about and we need more testing. And in order to do more testing and to learn more about these ingredients, you know, we need more transparency. And that's why the Environmental Working Group is constantly updating and renewing their list of hazardous ingredients. 
So I'm getting curious. We've talked about skincare and hair care regulation in the U.S. What's the story of fragrance regulation here and abroad? I, like most people, assumed if a product was on the shelf, it must have been deemed safe by the government. And that is just not true. And the truth is the U.S. government has little or no oversight regarding labeling or restrictions. They have no power to recall products known to be unsafe, demand ingredient disclosure, deal with bad actors. They don't know where companies are. They don't know what's in their products. Are products made in in clean and safe environments? They don't know when things go wrong. They literally don't have any jurisdiction, the FDA. And in the EU bans 1,328 chemicals. The U.S. bans 11. All of Henry Rose's ingredients have been vetted against the strictest standards for health and safety known today, the Environmental Working Group and Cradle to Cradle. Which that's so major that... That Henry Rose got both of those verifications as a fragrance company. Isn't it the first one that got both? Yeah, we're, we're the first one that got both. And I think we are still the, the we only, are still the only one. First that has and both. only. Yeah. Yes. Can I just say, slow clap, one thing for me with JV and hair that I was really passionate about at the beginning was, that, and I still am, is that like, I had this idea to formulate for hair goal versus hair type because one thing that I've learned about marketing is that like like black women, people with textured hair were like historically like left out of clean beauty formulation because so much has been targeted for like fine hair or like non-textured hair. And there's all these like subtle like racial things and hair marketing that comes from like a lot of like really problematic stuff. And, and one of my teachers in hair school was this really fierce lady named Heather. And I've said this on this podcast before, but she, when we did our textured hair unit, we're like, it was in Minnesota. It was mostly white kids. And like, we were going to be working on like Ethiopian and Somali women. Cause there's a huge population of like Ethiopian and Somali women in Minneapolis. There's like all these like little white girls from St. Cloud, Minnesota that were like, what am I going to do? I don't know how to do this hair. And Heather did not take kindly to that because she was like, don't pathologize people's hair and act like you're all like hair is hair is hair, whether it's mm-hmm. a black woman's hair, a white, it doesn't matter. Like some types might need an extra process, might need an extra, you know, mm-hmm. dry style, might need, you know, to do one extra thing to get the desired result. But like all hair is hair. And so I've always had this approach that like, all hair is hair. Like, it doesn't matter, like, whose head it's growing from, which I think is so cool. But because of that, and because I wanted to formulate for hair concern versus hair type, and because I didn't want to use plastic, it took me a long time to find the right partner that would, like, allow my vision to come to fruition and that brought the integrity and the formulation mm-hmm. and my experience, like, in a holistic way. And I see in Henry Rose such a clear directive from you, like, what your goal was and how it went from inception to now that is just so clear and it's so fabulous and the product is so good so i just want to say like good job i would expect nothing less of such a fucking icon excuse my french <laughs> but i'm just saying like you're doing the damn thing and we are loving it and if you haven't tried henry rosette you got to get it together okay so eu has much higher standards and doesn't like australia and japan have like way higher yes. standards too mm-hmm. yes 
And then yeah. basically the other scary thing, which is very like a la Aaron Brockovich, like Superman's not coming to save you. Like the FDA has no jurisdiction mm-hmm. to like do anything in the personal right. care space anyway. No, and there's a bill right now that's sort of being bandied about in the House and the Senate, and it's been very confusing to kind of follow and keep track of. It's called the FDA Safety and Landmark Advancement Act. I don't know how they come up with these names, but it's really a fund for drug and medical device reviews, and they're trying to tag on something for personal care product safety. You know, it's really the smaller brands and the individual states like California and Colorado and Maine and Maryland and these third-party certifiers like EWG and Cradle to Cradle and people buying, buying and spending their money on these products and for the brands to make sure that they perform. And if we keep doing that, there's a groundswell and then the bigger companies follow suit. While we're waiting for the government to do something, this is how we how we make an impact and how we're making an impact. Uh-huh. Yes. So Henry Rose has set itself apart by being a 100% transparent company. What does that look like in practice? Okay, well, to start with, we disclose 100% of the ingredients We meet the strictest health and safety environmental standards by, like I said before, the two industry-leading nonprofit organizations, Environmental Working Group and Cradle to Cradle. And the other thing that we do is through our partnership with IFF, our fragrance are made using the highest standards of both green chemistry and biodegradability. And in fact, Henry Rose really helped build the data for IFF's green chemistry assessment tool through our collective work with EWG and Cradle to Cradle and IFF. And all of our products use 90 to 100% green chemistry. 90% is really, really good. And we are at least 98% biodegradable. I think the thing that really is so revolutionary about that is the listing all of your ingredients. When I was a raging vegan, I once like manifested these like vegan cookies at an Arizona state fair. I was like starving, but I was vegan. And I was like, God, there's no vegan food booths here. And then all of a sudden this guy was like, step right up, get your vegan cookies. I manifested the cookies. I think I manifested this interview too, because I became obsessed with Henry Rose. I'm a Henry Rose girl. Uh I love it. It's so good. But that for me as a consumer was a thing that was just, because when I Uh learned about trade secrets and fragrance, I have really bad psoriasis. Like, if you look at me wrong, I will have a flare up. And mm-hmm. it used to be that like I like I had to use like unscented like detergents. Like if I switch detergents, even if I like put on clothes that haven't been washed, like trying them on, certain fragrances have like made me break out and just like full on and like my psoriasis hurts. It feels like my skin's like cracking. That's amazing that you've been able to really get that under control. That's a, that's a really hard one. Well, I've really been lucky because like clean beauty, like eating better, stress management, like all of those things are things that like I do to kind of like mitigate it. But I -hmm. I just think that's, that for me as a consumer was the thing that like, Mm -hmm. I, I literally don't use anything else. And the thing is you, you, you obviously have some allergies going on to the environment and to certain products and certain ingredients. There's a documentary called Stink. And there's a young boy in the film who's allergic to an ingredient in a really, really popular and omnipresent fragrance that a lot of boys are using in high school. And it's really powerful. And anytime he gets near it, he goes anaphylactic. 
And all he wants to do is to be able to go to school. And he can't. And as much as they try to at least get the list of ingredients, this is like life-threatening for this boy. Yeah. Because if it's not that product, by the way, it's going to be in something else. And it's like a disability issue as well. Because like you're preventing people from being able to like safely... And they cannot get the ingredient list from the brand, from the company. And, you know, it would be so liberating because then people who don't know who have to abstain from all fragrance, anything that has any fragrance in it whatsoever, if they knew they could be their own detective, they could begin to learn, oh, it's that ingredient. Actually, all of these others are okay. It's really frustrating and heartbreaking for people who have these kinds of severe reactions. People who walk into a room and there's a candle burning and their throat starts to close up. Mm. So we were talking before about how pre-Henry Rose, we were not the most thoughtful consumer of fragrance. Like we were mm. just like doing our thing, like doing yeah. the like doing our like ciggies and our Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola and cigarette stalling. Mm. I do think that you have such a unique experience to do this because you've obviously like, I would guess that you've had like exposure to like the nicest of the nice, like the most gorgeous fragrances and then being able to identify the problem with fragrances and wanting to create something better. You're like, bringing us clean, beautiful fragrances that are like more gorgeous than anything else. But what has it been like becoming a founder of of not only a industry-breaking, disruptive company like Henry Rose, but like a successful company? What's it like being a founder? Like, I feel like you've just, you're a swan in water. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been like being my head against the wall for 10 years. (laughs) It's not for the faint of heart. And if it were easy, everybody would do it. I'm sort of equal parts naive and courageous. And I think that my my courage gets me into situations where I throw myself into the deep end and then I swim. Mm. And so I've been swimming and it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey. You know, I, I ask myself, if I had known what I know now, would I have done this? Mm, I, I know I would have, I would have done it differently. And yet I hear myself say that, and there was no other way to do it. I actually tried to do the licensing deal. I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe this beauty company would be interested in doing this clean line with me. Everyone I approached looked at me like I had three heads. Yes. And everyone, including my biggest advocates, told me I was going to fail. You will never get anyone to formulate these fragrances transparently. And so I was really lucky that IFF believed in me. And I was really lucky that I had a relationship with EWG. I was a devotee of the, of the website. So I reached out to them when I wanted to do this and they have been just incredible advocates. And it was Ken Cook at EWG who recommended that I actually go straight to the fragrance houses, which Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't even believe I was hearing him say this. And he said, you know, the needles kind of moved. You might be surprised. So how did you learn all the gorgeous, like, because now you're like a connoisseur of fragrance, like you're giving top, middle, bottom, you know, all the fragrance things. Like, was it like the perfumers that you were working with that kind of like showed you the ropes of fragrance? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. It was the perfumers. Literally, I went to perfume class and I would sit in sessions with them and they would bring out all of the ingredients, which on their own don't always smell very good. It's really when you combine them, which surprised me. They taught me how to speak their language. They taught me about scent memory. I would trek into New York and I would spend time with them and then they would send me different modifications. Yeah, they've really taught me everything I know about scent. I'm so glad that you followed your instinct, did not listen to the people that said that you wouldn't do it, and then got cheerleaders in your corner to help you bring this to life. Thank you for doing it because we're all such big fans. So because we talked about like how really this is like a multi-pronged problem because there is a void and regulation from our government, which then kind of puts the impetus on us as consumers to like do that research to buy the best thing that's like the best for us. And then there's also players like you and I and the clean beauty movement that are trying to make things cleaner and healthier and more beneficial for ourselves and the planet. Who do you think still needs to get involved to like, get this space to a more transparent and healthy place? Well, I mean, we need the government to get involved. But in the meantime, as I mentioned before, you know, the states are passing their own laws and more and more and more consumers are demanding transparency of ingredients. They're really looking for clean products that really perform. So there is definitely a market out there and If we continue to prove to them that it is profitable, then the momentum will keep going. Also, you know, many of the big personal care, big companies are also wanting more government regulation, which you would think wouldn't be the case because the last thing they want is to have to start formulating state by state. You know, already they have to formulate by other standards outside of the U.S. That's why I could never figure out why in Europe they never have any of our products. That's so true. Right? And it's so weird. I'm like, why is that? I just think, man, government is slow. They're just, they're just always the last to, to catch on. They are a little <laughs> busy lately, but we do need to get it together. We do need to get it together at the same yeah. time. Okay, so now we're at our last part, third segment. It's rapid fire. It's fun. I can't wait. Um, So we're we're just going to dive in. So we we simply couldn't finish this episode without asking you some questions about your acting career. So rapid fire, favorite role of all time? I think Betty Ford. Ah! And by the way, it's so fucking good. Thank you. Okay, co-star. Babe, co-star. You know, uh, I can't. I can't. It's too hard. You know, I... Yeah. What about on screen kiss? Is it Clooney? Because the one in one fine day, honey, it really sent nine year old me flying, honey. Oh my God, your little business outfit and the street. Oh my God. I have to say, okay, in the script, we weren't supposed to kiss. And last minute, they sort of said we were going to kiss. And so I was a little verklempt. So we kiss. And then, you know, when I back up and then I sort of run into that table. Yes. That was an accident. I actually, that was not scripted either. So I was a little thrown by the whole thing. It was the most unexpected kiss. I will say that. I mean, how lucky. Like, I think I'm lucky. Getting, like, you got to kiss George Clahoony. Like, oh my God. That is like... Clahoony. I literally have 
chills on my quads and my triceps, just having that part of the conversation. But I'm going back to rapid fire. Um, Oh my God. Okay. Also too. Okay. So when I was formulating my questions, I really had to pare this down because um, what lies beneath, and I'm not kidding you, is I use it as a, like, they just don't do movies like that anymore where it's like just psychological thriller. Like it is so good. What was like the scariest part of filming What Lies Beneath? Like, were you creeped out while you're filming it? Because it was so good. The terrifying part for me was having to submerge myself underwater. The big toe! Oh my God, your big toe was that the, Oh my God, I have never been so stressed out in my life, Michelle Pfeiffer, your big toe. And it was so, I was like, yeah, it was, like, it was so close. It was so close. Yeah, I get panicked in water. I'm not a water girl. Did you have to stay in that bathtub for like so long or did you get to like get out for breaks? You did. Well, I did. They did let me out for breaks. And then the scarier part was even the stuff we did in the car when the the car car was submerged underwater because I I literally had to have a oxygen tank next to me and it was claustrophobic. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. You are so fucking major. I can't stand it how major you are. Okay, non-acting rapid fire. Favorite sport? (laughs) Baseball. Favorite fruit or vegetable? Brussels sprouts. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Tree. I love gnarly olive trees. The older, <sighs> the better. Love. Animal. Dogs, but don't tell Bella. Oh, I won't tell her. I won't tell her. Um, food. Mexican. Ah, place to visit. Italy. Okay, and this is a new one that I just added, but it's not controversial because I'm obsessed with turquoise clear water. What's like the prettiest beach you've ever been to? Oh, gosh. They're all so different. You know, some of the beaches in Maine are rocky and... No, 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 no. Like turquoise Like, I can't do that. Oh, I, that. This is like, okay. Yeah, no, like turquoise. Like, um, it's... I think in the BVI, the British Virgin Islands. Okay, we're checking that out. Or Hawaii, maybe Hawaii. Have you ever been to the Turks and Caicos? Yeah, yes, once. I went there for my honeymoon. It's the prettiest beach I've ever seen. I'm like looking really? for one that matches that. So I thought we could end on a game where we match some of the most iconic characters you played to different scent profiles um, from Henry Rose fragrances. Angela DeMarco, married to the mob. What's her favorite Henry Rose? Jake's house, I think. And Velma Von Tussle from Hairspray, obviously. Oh, Flora Carnivora, for sure. And um, Countess Ellen Olenska from The Age of Innocence. Windows down because she's a free spirit. And then Catwoman, obviously. Well, she's a bit torn. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. I can't believe it's over. What's next for you and Henry Rosa? We've launched our newest scent char, which is uh, amber, woody, tonka bean, ginger, and Moroccan orange flower. It's yummy. It sounds expensive. It's very sexy. And we're in the platform. It's our first pop-up, which is very exciting for us. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of new. What's, What's going on with us? I love that. And then where can people stay up to date with you? Obviously on the gram. They can subscribe to our Henry Rose newsletter on our website. They could follow us on Instagram or TikTok. We're there. There you are. Michelle Viper, founder of Henry Rose, most prolific actor of all time. We're so <laughs> obsessed with you. I love you so much. I can't stand it. Thank you for coming and sharing your time with us and your expertise with us. And just thank you for existing and for being you. This was so fun. This was so fun. I want to do it again. Ah, we'll hold you to that and I hope it happens. We love you so much. You're the best of all time. Okay. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. Our guest this week was Michelle Pfeiffer. 
You'll find links to her work in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, honey, introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe. It's how we keep the lights on around here. Literally, Michelle Pfeiffer. Give it up. Jeez. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CuriousJVN. Our editor is Andrew Carson. Getting Curious is produced by me, Erica Ghetto, and Zara Krim. And can I just say, give it up for Erica Ghetto and Zara Krim. We could not do any of this without them, so give it up. Yes, yes, see you next time on Getting Curious. <laughs>